Welcome, welcome, welcome to the very first edition of Podigus, a podcast where we speak to the CEOs of just about every kind of business you could imagine in order to explore the impact of technology both today and in the future. I'm your host, Delcy Bean, the CEO of employee-owned Paragus Strategic IT, located in Hadley, Massachusetts, and serving the Pioneer Valley and beyond. With me today, I have Michael Tomasi, the president and CEO of AccuRounds, a manufacturing business from Avon, Mass, that has been machining precision cylindrical components since 1976. Michael is a second-generation owner and has been personally working in the business since 1985. Michael is very active in industry and educational organizations, including being appointed to Massachusetts Advanced Manufacturing Collaborative, where he is currently serving as the co-chair. He's also the chairman of Business Leaders United, a group led by National Skills Coalition in Washington, DC. Good morning, Michael, and thank you for bravely volunteering to be the very first guest on this brand new podcast. Well, good morning, Delcy. I'm, uh, I'm honored to be the first. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for being here. So to get things started, I wonder if you could start out by telling us how your family got into this industry. Sure, my father uh, actually was an immigrant from Italy, came here when he was 17 years old with basically nothing. Um, was drawing on leather coats on street corners, was kind of had an artistic flair, ended up in a manufacturing company, uh, becoming a, a centerless grinder, which is a type of grinding, kind of perfected that, uh, was asked to go in business, ended up leaving his partners and starting a company on his own. And um, he now has a legacy of one company he founded in 1958 up in Woburn, Mass., called Boston Centerless and Accurounds was founded, as you said, in 1976, we're in our 45th year. So I was born into it. I've been involved since uh, sweeping floors when I was 11, 12 years old. Oh, that's terrific. So a lot of what we're gonna talk about today has to do with technology. And so just to provide some context for our listeners, how technology savvy would you describe yourself to be? Well, I wouldn't call myself a beginner and I certainly wouldn't call myself a tech savant. Um, you know, I'm fairly computer literate. Uh, I have a phone like everybody else does on the apps, doing some things. We have some technologies here that's incorporated into apps as well. Um, I'm, I'm fairly well versed, but certainly not an expert. Perfect. And I think that's probably true of a lot of our guests. Now, you've been in business since 1985, and I'm sure you, or you've been in the business, and I'm sure you've witnessed a lot of change during that time. I also know that in 1995, your business had a very deliberate focus to become a world-class manufacturing operation. My question to you is, how has technology impacted the business, um, both since the time you've been there and especially in the last five years or so? Uh, it's been transformative. So when the company was founded, it was basically a cam Swiss screw machine company, not automated, all conventional, all made, you made cams by hand and you rotated the spindle 360 degrees and whatnot, not to get too technical here, but we purchased our first computer numerically controlled CNC machine back in 1978. Wow. We were on the forefront of that technology, especially on the Swiss side. Since that time, obviously we've pre pretty much transformed all our major pieces of equipment and added to our fleet from a CNC standpoint. We still have some conventional pieces of equipment as well. But if you talk more recently in the last five years, uh, 3D printing, automation, robotics, machine monitoring, big data. Five years ago, didn't know much about it. Today, they're all embedded in our company. So we've had a transformative four or five year run here. And to me, 
it's kind of the beginning of you know industry 4.0 for us because there's many things coming down the line for our industry that's going to help us be more competitive and more efficient and for, allow us to serve our customers uh, in a greater capacity. Well, and so that's a terrific segue into my next question is, as you look ahead to the next five years, what technologies do you see are going to impact your business and the way you serve your customers? Well, right now I'm reading more and more about augmented reality, artificial intelligence, virtual reality. Uh, I've seen presentations on these technologies. We've hosted people internally to do some benchmarking, to learn about things we do that may be able to be utilized in that technology. So. We're not using any of that yet, but there's no question that's gonna be a major impact in a positive way to our company and our industry. And is there any technology that as you look ahead five years or even beyond that, that you could imagine either disrupting your industry or having a really significant change on the way you operate or do business? I'll, I'll answer that in, in, in two ways. First. We've all heard about 3D printing. We're using 3D printers. Well, metal 3D printing is becoming more and more of a thing, right? The work that we do, it's mostly cylindrical. It's very high-end componentry. We're talking uh, tolerances down into the millionth of an inch. You can't print that. You may never be able to print that, but the gap is closing there. So that could be, it's disrupting our industry already. It's not disrupting Acurons yet, but there could be a point in time in, in the future. It could be couple of years or five or 10 years down the line where if you're able to print a complete part, you know, we may end up, you know, transferring some of our current technology into that technology so we could print metal parts for our customers. And secondly, uh, it's just data. The amount of data that's being generated and captured in our company is exponential to where it was even a couple of years ago. We're not taking advantage of all that data yet. So, you know, do we need a data analytics person? We're training some of our team members up currently on data analytics. You know, we're just kind of scratching the surface there. That's going to be disruptive, but disruptive in a positive way. It's disruptive because we're capturing so much of it. And we, you know, really don't know what to do with it. Uh, so we're kind of learning our way through, but that's going to be exciting for us uh, as the years go on, months and years go on here. And do you think about what that excitement it could lead to? What types of use cases do you see for that data that you could imagine having a positive impact? Well, really, we get paid to do one thing, turn spindles, right? Cut metal. So how efficiently are we doing that? It could be two life data. It could be program analysis data, um, preventative maintenance, total productive maintenance. There's a lot of opportunity to make improvements on how we're keeping our equipment fit, just like you would keep a car maintained so it performs at an optimum level. Uh, you know, the list could go on and on. Our machine monitoring system we've had for a few years has been a tremendous advancement for us because we're seeing real-time performance information. That in and of itself has been a game changer for us. And the amount of data that that's able to um, generate, plus it's, it's incorporated with our ERP system, which is great. That's allowing us to take some processes and combine them and streamline how we operate. Well, that's terrific. And so now shifting from this kind of very positive, optimistic view, what keeps you up at night? What's your biggest fear when it comes to technology in your business? Well, years, years ago, a lot kept me up uh, at night. Uh, I can thankfully say not a lot keeps me up at night, but what I do worry about and what I'm most concerned about and focused on is 
what technology is the best fit? You know, everything isn't for everybody in every company. So determining that, that's a challenge. We just, matter of fact, purchased a, a QC piece of equipment, a portable CMM. It wasn't the right fit. And fortunately, our provider allowed us to trade that in for a higher performing CMM. So, you know, that's a lesson learned, right? That and then having the talent to take advantage of the technology. We have a few new software packages, programming packages and quality packages that we're integrating into our company. So is our team, you know, accepting of that? Can they learn that? Are they utilizing that to the full extent? We're not yet so far so good, but we're gonna have to add talent in order to fully take advantage of the technologies that are coming down the pike in the future. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I'm sure that's how a lot of people are feeling. Have your business ever experienced any kind of major technology disruption or outage? Fortunately, no, other than just power outages, which seem to be a common occurrence here in Avon Mass. But um, we've been very focused on cybersecurity uh, to the point where we've switched providers to kind of re rely on them more, our internet and, and service providers. Um, we've we're looking right now, we actually just received the Workforce Training Fund grant and have contracted with MassMEP to look at CMMC, which is a new defense um, requirement at different levels that, uh, of security that you need in your company. We have multiple certifications, ISO AS. Uh, there's an ISO 27000 certification that talks about um, security management. So we're gonna look at all of that and how we can best incorporate that to make us you know, the most secure, I, I tell you what, you talk about fear, that's something that may keep me up at night is somebody getting tricked in a phishing email and sending, you know, a couple hundred grand out the door that is not going to where it should be going to. So uh, we're looking at, you know, cyber insurance and, and up, upgrading what we have in place there. It's a major concern about what we're doing there. And um, uh, we're fortunate nothing is yet, but we continue to have certain huddles and meetings and announcements in the company to make sure that they're aware that these things exist and not only via the computer, but on your phone, the texting that you're getting now, the phishing text that want you to click on something. So the awareness is very heightened. Uh, fortunately, we haven't been uh, attacked yet and hopefully we never will be. And we're gonna definitely continue to step our game up there to make sure that uh, we're as protected as we can be. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you're doing all of the right things. And if we believe the statistics, it's really just a matter of when as opposed to a matter of if. But it sounds like what you are doing, even if there was something, it sounds like you're really preparing your staff to be well prepared for that and to not fall for it and not become a victim of it. So I wish you luck in that endeavor. Thank you. Thank you, Delcy. <laughs> and then uh, as we think about technology, we're often expecting it to do good things for us, to make things better, to make things more efficient. You even mentioned kind of the, the one piece of equipment that you purchased that didn't quite live up to your expectations. Have there been other times you can think of where technology has actually seemed to make things worse? Yeah, there's, there's one in particular situation where it's a machining process and we have a part that has uh, features on both sides of the part. So without getting too technical for the audience here, we have lathes that have two spindles. So you have a spindle and a turret that operate on each side of the machine. You, know, you do the front part and then the spindle picks the part off and you do the back side. Very complex process. And in order to dial in and make sure that the front and the back side are matching and then the 
post-process work the operator was doing to measure it. There's a lot on the operator, on the machinist, to make sure that we're producing the proper component. This particular component, it's called a cover, and it's used in the semiconductor industry. Very precise, very finish, uh, finish aware, uh, you know, no mixing scratches type of situation. Well, you know, it's great to get it all done at once. And, you know, the complexity of machines and the way our industry has gone over the years is to try to get everything done in, in one machine. Well, we actually looked at it, looked at some new technology and we split that operation up, kind of counterintuitive. We made it simpler. We do, we're doing a, a single spindle one up on one machine. And then we got an automated machine to do the second process. Well, newer equipment, yeah, it's two processes. One, feed, one machine can feed the other, but one, one operator can still manage both machines. Much less labor-intensive post-processing on the operator. So we went, you know, conversely, again, counterintuitive and, and simplified a process with better technology that allowed us to get a better product. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I think that's a terrific example. And so as the CEO of a very successful business, you've got a lot on your plate. What is it that you're doing to keep up with everything going on in the technology space? Well, you mentioned at the outset, I co-chair the AMC for the state, and, and that's nice, a nice opportunity for me to kind of stay in tune to what, what's happening at the state level around advanced manufacturing and, and contribute to that. Um, I do a lot of work on workforce development and, and to promote advanced manufacturing to generate interest in our industry. Um, I attend a lot of association events. I just had an event Monday and Tuesday, a virtual event. Uh, where they bring in some keynote speakers and a lot talking about the future of, you know, our industry, Industry 4.0, and some of the technologies coming down the pike. So uh, that's a great way to stay in touch. I have a, uh, a peer networking group that we talk on a monthly basis and just exchange stories. A couple of owners of businesses in uh, across the country that are involved in advanced manufacturing. That's been very productive. Uh, I participated in Vistage for several years, and that was uh, kind of a, a personal and professional development. Uh, for myself, um, machine tool dealers, you know, we talk to them on a regular basis. We have tooling vendors that come in, suppliers come in and talk about what the latest and greatest is from a technology standpoint. Um, of course, we're all getting bombarded with, with newsletters on a daily basis on what's the latest and greatest in the world and, you know, pick and choose, but I'm uh, looking and reading certain websites that I visit on a regular basis from a technology standpoint. Uh, I interact with uh, some of the manufacturing USA institutes uh, across the country. Matter of fact, the uh, CEO over at ARM in Pittsburgh is Ira Moskowitz, who used to be a co-chair of the AMC with, AMC with me here in the state. Uh, he reached out to me this week, and we're going to talk about uh, robotic arms loading and unloading CNC machines and, uh, you know, what they're developing and what insights they may have to help them develop those products. Um, we're looking at cobots as well to do some internal processes here. So, and I guess finally, you know, giving our team the time to research make sure they're you know staying in tune to what's taking place and the people they're inter interacting with uh, internally and externally and um, some of the websites that they visit and, and conferences they may attend uh, imts is a big international conference being held in chicago every two years uh, obviously postponed this past september it'll be kicking up uh, again a year next year in 2022 that's a huge event that we attend the the local um kind of equivalent to that is East Tech. Uh, so we attend that as well. So I'm pretty much a mixture. Um, you got to kind of have your fingers in a little bit everywhere to, to stay on top of what's taking place and, and making sure you're looking at what's going to um, 
benefit the company, but not overwhelm the company at the same time. Yeah, and it sounds like you're doing something that we're seeing with a lot of other CEOs that are being successful, which is not delegating all of it to other people. It sounds like you're taking a real ownership in educating yourself and staying informed and not expecting that responsibility to solely fall on your team, but that you're also giving them time to learn and develop so that it's more of a collaborative kind of company-wide culture. Would you say that that's accurate? Yeah, that's very accurate. You know, we have we have talented engineers. I've got a great team that reports to me leading our company and, and coordinating a lot of activity, our quality assurance techs. We really try to spread it out. You know, we're, we're a pretty lean organization. We don't, we're not very bureaucratic. Um, we, matter of fact, we have one of our quality assurance techs re recommend something recently, um, kind of a safety uh, measure. There's a company that will wrap door handles and touch points with these, um, it doesn't attract germs when you grab them. And they come in and they last so many months and we're gonna try it out. So uh, not really a technology, but a safety, safety and we're very safety, health and wellness conscious here. Um, so yeah, we, we look to our team to, to, you know, initiative is one of our five core values. So we want people to take that initiative. We want people to feel okay to fail. We don't, we don't encourage failure, but we, we, we're okay with failure. We try to learn, we don't want to make mistakes. We, we um, define a mistake as a failure repeated. So okay to fail, learn from it, and let's error proof that so it doesn't happen again, right? But um, yeah, very collaborative. We have certain scheduled huddles throughout the week, throughout the month where different team members interact and cross-functional areas interact. And that's when a lot of that kind of creativity and, and continuous improvement activity takes place. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Michael. This has been very informative. Before I let you go, uh, we have just one more section here that we call Fast Questions from Flat Delcy. All right. Are you ready to go? I am ready. All right. Flat Delcy, take it away. Thanks, Delcy, and good morning, Michael. All right, so here's how this is gonna work. I'm gonna read you a series of choices and as quickly as you can, just tell me what your preference is. Ready? I'm ready. Tacos or burritos? Tacos. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Cats or dogs? Oh, dogs. Bagels or donuts? Bagels. Windows or Mac? Windows. Netflix or cable? Uh, Netflix. Phone call or text? Uh, text. Vermont or New Hampshire? Ooh, I'll go with New Hampshire on that. Good choice. Eggs or pancakes? Eggs. Oceans or lake? Uh, that's another tough one. I'm going to go with ocean. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Jim or Dwight? Oh, The Office. Jim. And finally, coffee or tea? Coffee. Right. Well, thank you again, Michael. It was great talking to you today. I really appreciate your time. And I think our viewers are going to find this really informative. Thanks so much, Chelsea. This was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. All right. Have a great rest of your day. You as well. Take care. Bye-bye.